Six years ago, Ellis Hammond's entire mission changed. He was a full-time college pastor with vision and passion, but broke. Now a full-time real estate entrepreneur, Ellis is the founder of Kingdom Real Estate Investors, the number one community for faith-driven leaders impacting the world through real estate investing. If you're a kingdom-minded real estate investor or entrepreneur seeking to advance God's kingdom outside the church walls, welcome to the Kingdom REI podcast, where Ellis interviews Christian entrepreneurs and investors focused on advancing God's kingdom through real estate investing. Enjoy the show. Hey, welcome everyone to the Kingdom Real Estate Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Ellis Hammond, with my co-host, Cameron Roy. Hello, hello, my brother. What's going on? Cameron, where do folks go to follow? Have we ever given you a shout out, man? Like, do you do you live on the internet? You know, I, I don't live there. I am there. I don't live there. I limit <laughs> my social media. It's just not been good for You're me. You're such life. a sage on the podcast show. I feel like people want to know where they can learn more about you. What, what Where is that? Uh, you go LinkedIn is where I'm most active. If you find me on Facebook, good luck. I'm never on there. I'm not on Instagram. I don't feel a need to be. You want to come get coffee? That's better. Come to Dallas, Texas. That's where I'm at. And let's hang and get some coffee. That's love the it. best thing to do for me. Love it. Go give some love to Cameron on LinkedIn if you guys enjoy having. If you do, leave us put it in a review. Let me see in the review on this show uh, who loves Cameron. Let's get some votes. Just just write a five star review and just on, give up. The last thing I need here. is a bigger ego now, Ellis. So <laughs> don't do that, please. Let's do that, man. Give Cameron some love. I'm so grateful to have him as a co-host on the show, guys. I'm really really pumped to to be able to have our guest on today. Very interesting topic. We're gonna really do a masterclass, a deep dive on um, something we have not talked about on the show before. You know, there's a lot of talk about multifamily and single family and fixed and flipping wholesale. But when's the last time you heard an expert on off-market raw land and how to, and I'm getting his ads everywhere because I clicked on one, is, you know, uh, work less but but going deeper on one project. I just think, I think it's a very profitable model as he's going to talk about today. So I'm really, really excited for you guys to, um, to hear more about this strategy, but more importantly, the man himself and who he is and what he stands for. So uh, guys, welcome to the show, Cody uh, Bugen. Welcome, brother. Yeah, you nailed it. Good job on the last name. Thanks for having <laughs> me, man. Appreciate it. We'll have fun. Yeah, so Cody and I, we got introduced. We're part of a group together. Uh, spent a weekend up in the mountains. It was epic. So I just know this guy really, you're, you're, you love the Lord, man, first and foremost, and I'm really grateful to have you here. And so talk about real quick, like what's on your shirt? What does PIF mean? <laughs> well, first of all, yeah, it was epic up in the hills. And quite frankly, you know, the Lord was so present in that room, dude. I, I have no clue how the walls stayed up or the roof stayed on. Like, Bro, we about was, prayed him down. Was, we about prayed him down. We about did the, we about did the, the Jericho <laughs> moment up in there and tore that thing down, but stayed up. <laughs> It was amazing, man. It was totally amazing. Okay, so you asked about my shirt. So so most of you know PIF as paid in full, right? And my PIF is purpose impact fulfillment. So what's that all about? Where'd that come from? It's kind of my personal slogan. It's on my website and social and all that. Well, where that came from is um, one through a lot of trials and tribulations and failures and figuring out what's important and figuring out. I'll just tell you, man, I think the word happiness is a joke. Uh, you know, everybody talks about, I just want to be happy. I just want to, happy is so temporary. Happy is so empty. Happy 
I, I was just like, I wish the word didn't exist. What we're all searching for is the word fulfillment, whether we know it or not, hmm. like true fulfillment. And, you know, you can be fulfilled in the midst of going through hard times. You probably aren't happy, but you can still be fulfilled, right? And so, so I started thinking about this idea of fulfillment and my legacy and what I want my legacy to be. And I arrived at this, this fulfillment idea and it, and it stemmed from me starting in 2019 to teach what it is I've done my whole career, okay? And see, I have this specialty experience, kind of this blue ocean niche that I've become an expert in. I, that even sounds, I hate saying it that way, but I, I would classify myself as an expert in my space. And, and I had this conviction to do something with that because it's teaching a unique niche business model within real estate that I know of no one else is teaching. And, and so I found a purpose in that, right? And through that purpose, through that knowledge, through the opportunities, the education the Lord has allowed me to gain in this space, I can go serve a purpose, right? And through that, I can go have a positive impact, right? On others within my reach. And ultimately through me making that positive impact, impact that allows me the opportunity, me to feel fulfillment, hmm. feel that thing, that emotion, that, that spirit within me that everybody is searching for. We're all searching for it, but I think most of us don't realize that's what we're searching for. Hmm. And so to me, if you want fulfillment in your life, you have no shot at it in my opinion, unless you're making a positive impact in one way or another, okay? And for me, making that positive impact comes from finding that purpose, right? Finding that passion, finding that way that you can, that you can serve, that you can make a difference. So that's PIF, man, that's purpose, impact, fulfillment. That's the true paid in full, my friend. Where do I get one of those shirts? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've been asked that several times and I, I think I might need to do something about that. I might need to have some uh, I need to order some probably. Come on, I got the security code on my credit card ready to type in. I'm telling you, man, the little <laughs> lane page. Purpose. I'll make sure my team knows that. Right. <laughs> uh, no, I love that. I think that's so true, man. I mean, happiness, it, I mean, nothing wrong with being happy. I'm very happy right now. Uh, but I think you're right. The What we're really looking for is I think there's a lot of people that probably would be okay in some pain or discomfort if they were really fulfilled, right? Like if mm -hmm. I'm really doing something like I'm okay to be, and this is true in a business standpoint, right? Like I'm okay to have some trouble in the business if I know that we're really growing and making an impact. Like it would be okay to have trials and tribulations and people issues and things kind of going, if I'm like, but, but man, look what we're doing in the world. Look, we're growing, you know, like we're impacting people. So I think that's so right on, man. I love the way you kind of um, frame that. Here's the deal. It's all bigger than you or I. We're just stewards, right? Our businesses aren't ours. We're just stewards over these businesses. Mm. You know, I'm going through a little challenge right now. I'm just tell you a quick story. Mm. I'm not gonna get into the details of the Come challenge on. I'm going through, but let me tell you. So the Lord's put me on my knees many times in my life, okay? And several times in my career. I, I've said to a few people in my life over the last year, that, you know, as I've gone through those different trials and tribulations, challenges, failures, mistakes, whatever, I've always been able to come out the other side and reflect and grow. Okay. And we all heard it. You grow more through those times than you do through the good times. There's no question. That's not even debatable. It's the truth. Okay. 
And, and it's cool that you can come out the other side and grow. And, and quite frankly, a lot of people don't. They choose to not capture that opportunity as a way to grow, to reflect and grow. And I've told a few people over the last year, I said, I'm sure I got something around the corner. I'm sure I do, right? Like it's just part of life. What I think will be the ultimate test is when I can be right in the midst of a trial or tribulation, right in the midst of it. And I can be in prayer thanking the Lord for it because I know that he's sculpting me is, you know, and, and, and I'll tell you in this little thing I'm going through right now, um, I've been journaling constantly faith over fear, faith over fear, faith over fear. Like the reality is, is when you're serving a bigger purpose, um, faith can win the battle in the ring over fear. No questions asked. Now I'm human, you know, do a little bit of fear or anxieties that sneak in a little bit here and there over the last several weeks, of course. But ultimately my faith is winning the battle. And to me, I know now that I am growing. I mean, I knew prior, but I, I am really growing in the fact that my faith is winning over fear and the fact that I am thanking the Lord for the way he's sculpting me. Because I am right in it and I'm already seeing three or four different ways that I'm growing, right? That I'm coming out the other side different. So I don't have to get through it and then reflect back. Like I'm already pulling the nuggets mm -hmm. out of it of how I'm growing. Sorry, man, I just had to sure. share that story because I'm in the midst of it. And I can, you can still hear my passion, my excitement, my love. And I'm right in the middle of something that might put a lot of people on their butt, right? And I'm just not allowing it to happen. The, uh, the Prince of Preachers, Charles Spurgeon once said, I have learned to kiss the waves that drive me into the rock of ages. Oh, so good. Like so the good. waves that you feel are drowning you, that are hurting you, that are just throwing you these rocks that are cutting you open. Spurgeon through his life said, I learned to kiss those waves instead that's of cursing. A, that a, that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful statement. The sage has spoken again, guys. Leave <laughs> the five-star review as I mentioned earlier. I literally quoted a dead old guy, not Cameron's. Words. The sage has done it again. Um, guys, uh, this show is just getting started. I'm so excited to have Cody in here. Um, wow. So true, man. Well, listen, let me do this in, in that spirit. Let me pray as I'm sure there are several folks in very similar situations that faith would conquer today in, 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 in anyone and everyone's situation. And then let's get into some off market raw land conversations. So father, we come to you today and we do pray this in Jesus name. I declare this over everyone who's listening today, God, that you would, um, that, that, your Holy Spirit would, would come, fill cars, fill gyms, fill houses, fill rooms, fill offices, and that faith would win today. God, that even right now, we take a deep breath. We breathe in your Holy Spirit, and we blow out any type of fear or anxiety, God, that is controlling us today. And we trust you, God. We know that you're trustworthy because of what you've done through us for us through Christ. May today be an example and testimony of that. Thank you for Cody and his testimony. God, if we don't have that type of faith, we, we, we link to Cody. We pray that you give us some of his. Uh, supply us with that today. And we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Mm. So, Cody, man, where do we start today? I, I really want this to be, you know, there's a lot, a lot of real estate crowd here. Probably, like I said, we never talked about this. So talk about kind of how you got into this and, and why you feel like, I mean, because I'll be honest with you, man, when I saw your ads or when I saw what you're doing, you know, I think 
the thing that you're the hurdle, if I'm honest with you, like that you have to go up against, and maybe you already hear this is like, it just seems too big, you know, like I need like development or mm -hmm. permit. It's like, I'd rather just go buy the multifamily apartment complex, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to do everybody else. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. that that's where I'm at today. So let's talk about how you yeah. got into it, you know, and then let's talk about how maybe other people can be a part of this opportunity. Yeah. I mean, and hey, I, I, you know, I, I'm invested in multifamily as well. So, I, I mean, I love the asset class. I love the value add play. But hey, you know, if you, if you want to play in a red ocean your whole career, that's up to you. You know, I, I prefer the blue myself. But let, let's just say this. No question. The reason my space is not flooded, like a space you just mentioned, is because people think the barrier of entry is just too high, okay? Or the risk is too substantial, or the capital requirement is too substantial. But I would say most of that comes down to being uneducated, okay? People fear the unknown, right? They just do. And so that's why I started Vestrite, which is on my shirt. That's my, or here we go, uh, the education company is I'm trying to I'm trying to help people see that the barrier of entry is actually not too high. You know, I'm a guy that I don't have any special degree. You know, I have a degree from reality check, you know, um, street smarts that, you know, I got my high school girlfriend pregnant and that's the college I went to is having to put food on the table for my family, you know, so I didn't have no rich family that handed me down money so that I could get into development. I didn't have some family business that I took over. Uh, what we try to teach in this space is, is that the barrier of entry is actually not substantial at all, but you've got to, you know, and we'll, I'm sure we'll drop a link at some point, but you know, I have a free ebook that anybody can go download and I, I can't guarantee anything. Otherwise I get myself in legality issues, right. Or liability, but I would be amazed if you didn't come out the other side of reading that ebook and all of a sudden really understand my model and be much more educated than before you went and read it. So, but it is, it's, it's the unknown, but let's just, let me break it down. Okay. I've done plenty of horizontal where you put in the streets and the utilities and the street lights and all that, right? Done plenty of that. I've built plenty of homes, right? Vertical construction, tons of them. But the niche where the magic happens is what Vestrite's all about. I don't teach you horizontal development or construction. I don't teach you vertical, vertical construction. Why? Cause that's a dime a dozen. I don't bring you any type of specialty experience or inside track with, 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 with construction. Construction is technical and I bring you no additional value than you can find a million other places out there. Okay. So I don't teach it at all. What I teach you is one off market prospecting. And we don't even spend a ton of time here because here's the reality. If you are a house wholesaler, you are the best of the best of the best when it comes to off-market prospecting. You want to learn about off-market prospecting? Go have a lunch with a wholesaler, okay? With a house wholesaler. Y'all know off-market prospecting. And we're, we've actually, in the last couple of years, learned from the house wholesalers how to improve our off-market prospecting. But I'll tell you what, off-market prospecting is key. You have nothing without deal flow. And why would you not want to be in charge of your own deal flow, be in control of that? Do you really want to sit around and wait for a real estate agent to call you? 
or do you really want to sit around watching Zillow or the MLS or, or LoopNet or what, whatever it is? Like, do you really want to sit around and wait for a deal to get listed so that you and everybody else can try to buy it? Right? Do you really think that real estate agent, they tell you it's a pocket deal? Do you really think you're the only person they're reaching out to? Like, the reality is it might not be in the system, but you're not the only one that knows about the deal. So we prefer off market, off market, off market. But what we do is it's all raw land. Okay, there's many guys out there, well, a handful of guys. One of them that we actually spoke with recently that was saying how my program would be a great level up for all his clients. Um, there's a lot of guys out there teaching like raw land, how to go find rural land and flip it and make a few bucks, right? It's almost like house wholesaling, but it's for raw land, right? I would choose to go into a business model where I don't have to chase my tail, where I don't have to be on a hamster wheel, where I could do one, two deals a year and be very, very, very comfortable, okay? And so the way you do that is you do raw land, but you do raw land that has development potential, okay? Meaning that you can take that raw land and take it through what's called entitlements or governmental approval process. It's a political process, but you can take that piece of raw land and you can take it through this process, which we teach, and you can end up on the other side of that with an approved development, whatever the asset class is. We specialize in residential, but this process is 90% the same no matter what the asset class is, okay? The land use process. And so we, we just love residential because we know that people need roofs over their heads, right? Like, it's pretty simple. Here again, I'm a meat and potatoes guy. I got a first, first street light in my neighborhood or in my town where I grew up when I was in high school, right? Like, I'm just the basic of the basic, okay? Like, uh, but, <laughs> but I like it. That's, I like residential. Um, so, so anyway, so we teach this off-market prospecting. We teach... The thing is, how do you know if it has development potential? Otherwise, you're just spinning your wheels, you know? And so I'll, I'll, I'm going I'm to drop you five points really quick of tip of the iceberg to know if a piece of raw land potentially is developable or not, okay? If you can take it through that value add process and make the type of figures we talk about everywhere, right? Those seven figures per deal, the six figures per deal. Um, so let's talk about five points. One, what's the zoning of the property? Very easy to find on the web jurisdiction website. What's the zoning? Or it might be zoned ag, right? Farmland, agricultural. Is the jurisdiction willing to allow it to be rezoned? A lot of times they are, right? Because they want development in that area. And so we go through rezone all the time on projects. So zoning is number one. Number two, utilities is usually, to, at least to do the type of projects we do, we need public sewer, public water. So we need utilities to be able to serve that development. We're not out, you know, in the rural area doing, you know, five lot projects that are five acres of each lot and, and they're on septic. That's not what we do. We go in and we, we do projects that are 100 to 500 lots is kind of our spot, right? Let me say, stop right there. When I started doing this back in 02, I did projects that were two or three or four lots, okay? So, um, so you got to have public utilities, very key to serve the development, whatever type of development is. Next is you need public access. The public has got to be able to get to the property. So a lot of times you'll find a great piece, but it's landlocked. 
meaning there's no way to get to the piece. You don't, there's no public right away. There's no collector road, arterial road, whatever it may be. And so sometimes um, you might go crack a deal with your neighbor. Maybe they'll, the neighbor, the piece you want to buy, maybe they'll sell you their piece too, or maybe they'll give you an easement where you can build the public right away through their piece. There's lots of ways to skin the cat, but next is public right away. All right. Next topography, fourth item topography. What is the land? I'll tell you this, a flat piece of property is less to develop than a piece that's steep. All right. Some properties, they just aren't feasible for development because of the topography, right? Or they're downsloping. And what happens is, is that jurisdiction won't let you put in pumps to pump the sanitary sewer. And so the, the downhill kills you. One, not only just the cost, but two is they won't let you punk, uh, pump the sanitary. Now, some jurisdictions do, it's case by case. Last thing is someone will call me and they'll say, oh man, I got the best piece. Topography is great. Utilities are there. Public right of ways there. It's zoned for development. Like Cody, this is a home run. Gosh, you know what you forgot to check? You forgot to check the maps online as far as overlays. Unfortunately, that piece is in an environmental overlay and you can't do anything with it or half of it's in an environmental overlay, or it's in a steep slope, or it's, or it's in a floodplain, or, you know, there's, there's different overlays that will make a piece challenging. So those are the five basic points I usually just start with everybody. Just first deal with those five. And if you can check those boxes, we might have something. Make sense? Yeah, I'm, lo I, I'm looking at it right now. I got this top of my notes. <laughs> I love it. So those are, those are five basic elements to, 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 to know whether you have a shot at those types of paydays I talk about. Let me say, let me come and throw one more thing out to you that if, if there's nothing else I say on this show today, this is the one thing I need you to take away related to my business model. And it's the reason certain companies out there or individuals are getting smoked right now. Okay. Because we all know we're going through a correction in the market. All right. And so, People come into my space sometimes and they try to play without knowing how to play. Okay. And there's just certain things that you don't do in my space. And I'll tell you the number one thing I need you to learn today. If you're going to go out and pay development values for land. Okay. So not as is value. Let's, let's use an example. Let's just say there's a piece that as ag land as is value is 10 grand an acre. Okay. If that piece has development potential, I might pay that property owner 50,000 an acre, a hundred thousand an acre. All right. They're going to make five to 10 times. Here's the thing though. If I'm going to pay that five to 10 times, I better make sure I know what I have. And what I mean by that is if I'm going to pay for a diamond, I better make sure it's a diamond. Never go out and pay development values on dirt until the development is approved. People are like, well, how do you get people to, to wait that long? I'll tell you this, okay? I go to Billy Bob property owner and I say, tell you what, I can pay you a million dollars after I get through approvals, the land use process entitlements. I can pay you a million dollars and say, depending on where it is in the country, nine months to 18 months, let's say. I can pay you a million dollars in nine months to 18 months, or I can pay you as is value and close right now, just like a normal transaction. 
and, and I'll pay you a hundred grand. Can I tell you that I've never had one property owner say, Cody, I won't give you the nine to 18 months. No, they'll take the million. So don't come play in my space and offer the million dollars and close tomorrow. Cause all you do is screw my industry up and guess what? And I'm not trying to be mean, but it's just like, don't come play unless you're educated. That's why Vestrite is so fulfilling for me because I can educate you so that you don't make dumb decisions because I had to learn the hard way. I, my 20 years is put into Vestrite, but guess what those guys that did that where they went out and competed with me in, in 2020, 21, first part of 22, and they went and closed on these deals. They paid development values and they closed in 30 days. Those guys are getting creamed right now. Did they, do you use debt with that or just all straight cash? Well, we don't close until approvals, right? Well, these so, guys though, were they closing with debt or just all straight cash? I think cash? they were using a combination, you know, of, well, no, they weren't. I mean, no debt, no lender, no, no legitimate lender is going to be loaning any type of, it's mainly, I would say, and I'm guessing here a little bit because I don't dive into how they do it, but any educated bank is not going to be loaning you know, 75% or probably even 50% based upon development values because the number one box they're checking is, is it approved yet? Right? And so they're probably using, you know, who knows, you know, private equity, they're using, um, who knows, people's retirement money, you know, who knows what, what they're using. But we had to compete with some of those guys. But here's the thing, think about this for a second. As soon as you close on the dirt, or any real estate asset for that matter. As soon as you take title, all your options are gone. We go through a turn in the market like we are right now. Guess what I have? I have options. I can renegotiate the closing date to be on the other side of this downturn. I can renegotiate the purchase price to make it relative to the market we're in. I can walk if I need to and limit the, my hit, right? Because where people get confused is exactly what you said earlier. They think development is untouchable, okay? My average deal, and I do bigger deals, my average deal, we figure plus or minus, we have about $400,000 into them. Example of one recently, you know, we, we had probably 400 into it. Don't hold me to that. I'm just, I'm not even in the day-to-day -day trenches of my company anymore, but probably 400 in it. And our company made about 5 million on that deal, right? So, and you don't have the 400, that's okay. Here's what I can tell you in my whole 20 year career, if I had a good deal, I never had a hard time finding the money. If you got a good deal, the money will come. And so with my students, we now offer our students, they kept asking and asking and asking, Cody, can we be your partner? Can we be your partner? So finally I said, fine, we'll, we'll create a system where you can be my partner. So if you got a good deal and you go through my education and get educated to where you don't waste your time or, my, or mine, or my teams, you find a good deal, we'll put up the capital, right? I recently had the pleasure in Dallas at my headquarters. We did a ceremony for one of our students and I had the privilege of handing him a check for $610,000 for bringing me a deal. Handing me a deal. He was gonna assign it to one of the public home builders for 20 grand to sign his contract. And we begged, we talked him out of it. And instead a year later, 11 months later, I write him a check for $610,000. He worked at his church full time and, and Talk about fulfillment. I'm a part of changing his journey forever because I chose to start Vestrite. So let, let me, let's talk, let me ask you about the most obvious question I have in this whole process is the, is the off market raw land. I'm like, cause you go to most 
I mean, you can go out in the country and find raw land, but like, you know what I'm saying? So like that feels to me like, well, sounds too good to be true, Cody, because most places are already developed. Like what, what about that barrier? So typical, like, I know you, I'm your I'm typical, probably, no, you know, no, what, no. dude, uh, no, am. it's like, dude, listen to a little more of the news, right? Oh, like, Ellis. Um, you know, like I am, let me put it this way. Let's just, let's just, let's just put the proof, put the, the proofs in the pudding, right? Yeah. Let's okay. do it. So I have a business Cody, model. I'm not, Hey, I, I'm a, I'm your biggest skeptic on the planet on everything. So you yeah. got to convince me, bro. You got to get I through me. It. I love it. Well, first, okay, let's, let's just, let's just think about this. Let's just think just logically. Let's just put the logic on here for a second. Okay. Yes. Cody started vest right for PIF purpose, impact fulfillment, but Cody also has a goal of his allied development, becoming a very, very substantial company. Okay. If I share with you my vivid vision, it's big. If I was concerned about supply, Hmm. I don't know that I would have taught somewhere around 500 people at this point how to do what I do. Yeah, PIF's cool, but that would just be stupidity because I'd be, it'd be kind of like putting myself out of business. I have zero concern about running out of supply for my business model before I die. Okay. I'm a little more convinced. I mean, I know, knowing you and knowing what you want to build, I'm like, okay, that's, that's actually a pretty good argument because <laughs> well, I know I mean, you, yeah. but if I didn't know you, I'd be like, I, I don't know, man, I look around. There's not a whole lot of stuff in my neighborhood that, that isn't, you know? So like my question then is like, where do guys go that's to just find lack of stuff? education? That's just lack of education. Um, well, first of all, the thing is cool too about our model is it's virtual. So, you know, our headquarters is in Dallas, but I think we're, don't hold me to this, but I think we're in like seven to 12 states right now. Um, I'm in board meetings once a quarter at this point. So, so it's cool. You can do it virtually, right? Like you can be on the beach for all I care, as long as you got technology and the internet, but the be strategic about the markets you're going into, because there are certain markets where the supply is really um, limited. But I'll tell you what, there's advantages to those markets as well, mm -hmm. because limited supply means higher prices. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's all somewhat relative, right? Also limited supply, in my opinion, has less risk, right? Like some of the urban sprawl markets that have endless supply. Some of those markets are getting hurt a little bit right now. Right. So, um, so limited supply isn't always necessarily a bad thing. hundred percent. But where does, I mean, there's more migration happening in our country right now than ever. Well, it's pretty simple. We're just doing deals where people are moving to. I mean, yeah. here again, that meat and potatoes thing I was telling you about. So the goal would be to exit before we have to develop though, right? Meaning we get it through permits, uh, you know, et cetera, and then sell it to the developer is ultimately the goal. This yeah, is like so, what Scott uh, did, Cameron, right? In 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 Nashville, that that's yeah. the goal though for your students too, right? You get the, the yeah double lane. closing, simultaneous closing, right? So our students basically do two. They have two models they follow. Some of our students are just going out and finding a ready, willing seller on a piece that has development potential, and then they're turning it over to my company. We have a process how they do that. 
my company goes in, negotiates the deal. My company runs all the approvals. My company sells the deal. And then my company capitalizes the whole thing. And then we cut them in on the profit. Uh, like that ceremony I told you the other day, you know, earlier is that was a student that teed up a ready, willing seller, brought it to us and we, we did everything. The other option is, is that we teach A to Z. You can, we teach you exactly how to do what we do. But you're right. We do what's called that, what we teach are double closing simultaneous closings. And so the same time we're closing with the seller after approvals, right? After development approvals is the same time my buyer's closing with me. Oh, that's me. right. Because you're not necessarily not closing my... with the seller until you have approvals. Permits, I own the that. property for a split second, right? So I use my buyer's money to pay my seller and I make my scrape out of the middle. The deal I told you where we made a little over 5 million, that's exactly how we did it. But you're still going to need funding for the permitting process. You're going yeah, to like that deal. Of- well, you don't actually you don't pay for the permits. Your buyer does, but you need you need funding to give the seller some earnest money, right? Right, and you need funding to pay your consultants, your civil engineers, and all that to get it through that land use, that political approval process, entitlements. Right. So the, our average deal, our smallest deal is like 100 lots up to 500 lots, and we figure give or take on averages. I don't really like to talk in averages, but. Um, you know, our average deal takes about 400 grand. Uh, gotcha. But, you know, I'll tell you, up until I started a fund, you know, uh, uh, September of last year, up until then, I was doing friends and family money. But I tell you what, if you got the deal, I promise you, you find the right deal, you're, the money's not going to be the issue. Let me pass this to Cameron, because Cameron's actually our build to rent <laughs> expert on the call here. They have a fund where they fund build to rent projects. So, Cameron, I'm curious to hear your questions and thoughts. Uh, yeah, on this. I, well, my questions are even, I, I can't talk about this too, too much. I would love to talk to you more offline, Cody, but I currently have some significant acreage, raw acreage under contract in Colorado, um, way undervalued. Uh, the appraisal came back in very positive light. It's in an opportunity zone. Mm-hmm. Currently creating QOZBs and looking for QOF qualified opportunity fund gains monies to support that QOZB. And we are in some specific situations right now where I was, my ears perked up whenever you were talking, which drew me to think that my conclusions are right. Is that right now in the market, the last person who has any leverage is the seller. Oh, 100%. We want to do right by everybody. And if we can ever do repeat business with sellers, we want to, but there are some, I mean, we are going right now. We have Topo out there. We had them out there today. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we haven't closed yet. We have a closing date, but the deal just keeps looking more and more and more juicy in a, in a very positive light. And we have, we have 183 acres to play with essentially. Mm -hmm. So our thoughts are all of that and, and more of what you said, like, maybe we develop a little bit, maybe we sell the rest. Maybe we develop it all. Maybe we sit on it, um, do all this work, truly get it maybe shovel ready for a developer, kick it off to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just excited to hear kind of what you alluded to that the leverage is right now with the buyer. Um, I mean, that's the thing about this. So so I just did a video for my team yesterday. Um, I do a daily walk, by the way, for an hour every day. It's just not non-negotiable. And, and at the end of that walk, I did a video for my team, the Vestrite team. And I talked about 2023. And I will tell you that my focus for 23 is not to have a bunch of large disposition paydays. 
okay? It's not the time to be selling. It's the time to be accumulating. And here's what I mean by that. Is it sure? Well, we have some dispositions, yes. And will they, you know, be nice ones? I'm sure, right? But 23 to me is a time to gather, to gather talented people for our team. We're picking up talented people right now that we never could have got our hands on a year ago, okay? And to pick up great projects, great properties. Because right now, there's no one else at the table. Well, there might be a few, but my point is a lot less people at the table right now because people are either getting whooped on, those people I told you about earlier that went and closed at development values and now they're upside down on the deal because they paid too much or uneducated people, you know, which quite frankly is them. But, you know, like a lot of my clients, I compete with my clients. They go and try to buy the same deals I do. And you know what all my clients are doing right now? They're sitting on their hands because they, because they have to, right? Or others are running backwards. They're running scared. This is the opportunity to me to go and gather and put ourselves in a position where these are the type of markets that create, create some substantial wealth. So I'm going to go gather. Okay. And I believe the housing shortage has gone nowhere. Okay. I believe those people are still there. They're just on the sidelines. You know why they're on the sidelines? Cause they don't know what normal is anymore. And they won't know what normal is until the rates stop rising. And so here's my opinion. I'm just going to throw this out here. This is Cody's here again, meat and potatoes, small little town guy opinion, right? Rates will continue to rise. They're going to slow them down. I think rates will stop rising into first quarter. Okay. Um, I think that, uh, and maybe into second, but I think come middle of next year, we're going to start to normalize the market a little bit. And I think by the end of 23, people, because here's the deal, as humans, we adapt, right? Look at all the stuff we adapted to with COVID. Like we adapt. And so it wasn't too long ago, people, that getting a mortgage at 7% was not an issue. And so here's the thing. For the last two years, you're all upset because you can no longer buy the $600,000 house because you can't get the money for free. You can't get it for 3%, 3.5%. But the little tiny bit of wisdom I have, let me, let me give something to you here. If the only way you can afford the $600,000 house is if you can get money at 3%, you shouldn't be buying the house. Okay? So what's happening is people are going to adjust to the new reality, a more sustainable market, because we needed to happen what's happening right now. We, I want to operate in a sustainable market. I don't want to operate in a market where guys can have horrendous underwriting and still make a ton of money. Okay. <laughs> so let's get to the, so I think my, my hope, man, is, is that all those buyers, they're still there. They just want to know what the new normal is so they can adapt to it. And now they're going to go and they're going to buy the, the $450,000 house or the $400,000 house instead of the $600,000 house. And they're going to start coming out of the woodwork again, first part of 24. And you know what? My company, we've been gathering talent. We've been gathering deals. And my goal is, is coming into 24, I'm just going to slingshot out and I'm just going to be running laps around people, right? I'm already going to be three laps around the track before you even get off the starting line. And you know why? Because I took this opportunity to gather. But here's where we have to be careful. We got to make sure we're projecting where we think the bottom is correctly. Because if I put myself in a position where I'm putting together all these deals, where the, we, we structured them wrong, right? Or we priced them wrong. 
I'm going to come out the other side of stinking slug because I'm going to have all these deals weighing me down. Does that make sense? So that's my vision. That's my thoughts on 23. And we'll see if I'm right. Do you guys operate? Do y'all have a specific target for opportunity zones and they're all in as the map is still available to us? Um, so we don't specifically target OZ deals at all. Um, sure. I just, you know, yeah, I mean, we'll, I mean, we, we wouldn't not, we'll buy an OZ deal. It's just not a part of really our criteria. Well, one is our buyers could care less about OZ deals, right? Cause my buyers are Lennar, Horton, you know, KB, Pulte, all these big public nationals. Those are my clients. Yeah. They're not using um, capital gains to purchase. No, um, because I only own the land for a split second. Yes. Do you, and, and I, I think Alice asked this and I might've missed it. Um, do you, you guys take any debt on this raw land at any point? No, no. So debt. you never have this to make model, a decision no of signing recourse loans for dirt. There are no loans. There are no debt. Yeah. Because all I'm doing is I don't, I only hold the title for a split second because it's double closing simultaneous closing. Right. So I just put up the capital to, to get it through that process that takes nine to 18 months. How do you guys and, reward that capital, that initial capital to go through the entitlements and the process through the city yeah. council and ensure the land is actually going to be able to be sold to developer? How do you treat that yeah. money? Yeah, good question. Um, so what we teach in the course versus what we do today are different, okay? Because if I'm teaching newbies, new to the space, uh, there's lots of different ways you can structure capital. But the way I did it for the first 18 years of my career where it was just me and a couple people, right? Was, I was real basic, old school, 50-50, right? The guy that finds the project and does the sweat equity gets 50% and the money gets 15, 50%. Like just basic old, simple 50-50 deal. Mm -hmm. um, that's how I did it for the first 18 years of my career. You know, today now we have a fund and we have prefs and split, you know, the, the whole shebang, but, sure. um, but I mean, that's how I used to do it. That's how I used to do it. It was just 50, 50. Yeah, that's great. Cause that money is a risk, you know, contingent on you being able to get a developer. in. so I just didn't know if there was any special treatment to that initial money that is costing you to get this from the seller's hand to yours for one second onto the developer. You know, and here again, thank the Lord. Our success, any project we've gone to try to get approved, we've never ha not got a project approved. So, and that's a great track record, but a lot of that is because of how we look at things, right? We don't look at the jurisdiction as our enemy. A lot of guys in my space do, okay? We look at them as our partner, as our friend. How do we make this a win-win where the jurisdiction wins and we win, right? How do we make this a win-win with the property owner and us? Like win-win, it's actually part of our core values. It's on one of my shirts is win-win, win-win, like the, I, I like the book. There's a good book out there for negotiating that it says never split the difference, okay? Chris Voss. Great book if you wanna learn some, some tricks in negotiation. The thing I do not like about that book is he basically says win-wins aren't possible and that is just not true, okay? Win-wins are absolutely possible. You just gotta figure out what everybody, everybody's hot buttons are, what's important to them. How do I take care of that property owner's legacy, right? Because another big thing of mine is legacy. How do I, that might be the biggest transaction in their family. How do I, how do I take care of their legacy, but still have it work for my company? No different than the jurisdiction. These politicians, you know what they love? They love it when you fall on a sword for them so that they look good to the public because they're elected officials. So I'll, I'll fall on a sword for them, right? 
but then how do I, but where am I winning, right? I'm winning where no one's paying attention to. That makes sense? Yeah, I like it. I, I just have enjoyed, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about like, now, now you got me thinking like, all right, man, what does it mean to gather this year? Uh, this has been great, <laughs> Cody. I'm, uh, I love your passion for this business. And I think you're right, man. I mean, I think, you know, when everyone's looking left, you look right. And I think this is one of those opportunities. And, you know, here's the thing, man. I mean, you know, the, the skeptic in me is, is there, but I think, you know, at the same time, uh, it's definitely due. And I think if anyone's listening, you know, if you're not educated on something, I mean, clearly here's a guy, Cody, you know, who's coming on the show and talking about here's an opportunity that no one's talking about. No one's talking about it. You know, that, that, that there's an opportunity there. I mean, everyone's talking about multifamily, other stuff, right? So in that regard, anyways, I don't know. If you're a multifamily syndicator or a house wholesaler, like how many guys are you in line with on every street corner? Yeah, right? like, a lot, no doubt, man. Um, and here's the thing, you know, you made me a believer. I downloaded your ebook. And so guys, if you want to go get <laughs> Cody's ebook, you know, you'll go to vestright.com, V-E-S-T-R-I-G-H-T.com forward slash kingdom. That's for the kingdom REI podcast, by the way. So vestright.com forward slash kingdom. And like me, you can download his ebook and become less of a skeptic. So uh, I'm looking forward to being proven wrong, Cody, uh, about this, man. Is there anything that's the... Uh, in order to follow you, I know I got that, that resource, anything else, man, or any other place. There's just one last thing I want to tell you. Okay. I don't think any of you can argue that knowledge is power, right? Here's the deal. Very few people know what I know. What that allows is I can go into a lot of rooms and have an advantage because even if you don't ever go do what I do, I have certain advantages how I might look at a storage deal or a multifamily deal or a retail deal. Or I, I have an advantage because I might come at that deal at a different angle than you could ever think of because you don't have my knowledge. So even if you don't want to do what I do, it's still worth the education as a real estate expert, as a real estate professional, because it makes you more powerful. Yeah, I agree 100%. Amen. Yeah. Man, who thought I could get so fired up on raw land? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Cody, I, I love having you, man. Bestright.com forward slash kingdom. Guys, uh, go check out Cody's ebook there and uh, and see what all this is about. See what all this is about. I think he's absolutely right. You know, um, other people are going to other people are going to uh, take advantage of, of the opportunities that are coming. And I think regardless of what your, your focus is, um, you know, they say they're not making more land. That's what they say. They sure aren't. Limited supply, my brother. They say that. So, uh, hey, guys, listen, if you enjoyed this show, Cody, anything else before we get out of here today, man? No, I just want to thank you guys for having me. It's been fun. I, you know, I, my faith, the kingdom is, is, is the foundation of me and who I am and my family. And I, I fail daily, but that is, uh, that's, um, it's a huge, huge, huge part of my life. And so it's just really cool to come onto a podcast where, where it's kingdom and real estate. Like, that's a big part of those two together. Boom. So just um, thank you. That's for what they tell. That's what they say, man. Absolutely, we love doing it. So guys, listen. If you enjoyed this, uh, you didn't hear any ads today. You didn't get hit with you know some commercial. So go and 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 help us share this message. Do us a favor by taking a screenshot, posting this online. Uh, and if you've already done that over and over, then go leave us a five star review. Um, 
and and let us know. Make sure you talk. You know, you you, you mentioned the Sage Cameron Roy in your five star review today, <laughs> and uh, that will go a long way. So everybody, thank you again for being here. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, just because the show's over doesn't mean the journey is. Listen, if you are a faith-driven real estate professional or investor, then you'll want to go to the Kingdom. REI.com to learn about our mastermind. If you're interested in investing alongside me in alternative investments like multifamily apartment complexes, then head to ellishammond.com to learn more about that. Cheers.